Borderlands Cooperative. Join us for critical conversations about things that matter. Every Friday at 10am on 3CR Community Radio, 855am on your dial. And on 3CR Digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. So together, let's think again about important matters affecting us, like economics, politics, education, health, climate, and what we can do about it all. Welcome to our 112th program of Think Again. Think Again is presented to you by Borderlands Cooperative, an organisation that has been dedicated to social change for over 23 years. I'm Jacques Boulet. And I'm Jennifer Burrell. Today we're talking about the scandalously unequal distribution of COVID-19 vaccines throughout the world, while a few people and companies make billions by charging exorbitant prices for the vaccine. Mm. Listeners probably don't want to hear yet another think again critical conversation about COVID and the disaster that the rollout of the vaccines has become, especially also in Australia. But given that we believe in social and ecological justice and human rights, we think we just have to revisit one aspect of the pandemic and our national and global responses to it. An aspect that is almost totally absent absent from the public media. We're talking about the scandalously unjust international distribution of COVID-19 vaccines, how big pharmaceutical companies are grossly profiteering from the pandemic by overcharging for the vaccines, and how the rich countries that pay these bolstered prices actively contribute to this situation, knowingly and self-interestedly. Yeah, and meanwhile, the poor countries are left high and dry, leaving millions of their already systemically disadvantaged populations to suffer even more and and even die in many cases. This is is partly a follow-up on several of our last year's programmes on COVID, and especially two programmes we did on vaccinations in February this year, one on the 19th, when we talked about this issue based on an almost prophetic article by Vincenzo Navarro. Yeah, and a week later, Jacques, you interviewed Deborah Gleeson from La Trobe University, and she's also from the Public Health Association Australia. Yeah, that's right. Deborah Gleeson is co-convener of the Political Economy of Health Special Interest Group of the Public Health Association Australia. Yeah, and... Tragically, all of the things we and others anticipated have come to pass and um, and are to be with us for many years to come, it seems. Actually, it's worse than we understood and presented it then. Rich countries are actually enabling big pharma companies to rip us all off, mostly, of course, ripping off the poorest part of the world who can least afford these inflated prices of vaccines. Mm. And this is laid out in a research paper Jacques and I came across, um, very aptly titled, The Great Vaccine Robbery. And the subtitle is, Pharmaceutical Corporations Charge Excessive Prices for COVID-19 Vaccines While Rich Countries Block Faster and Cheaper Route to Global Vaccination, which pretty well describes mm. it. And so the authors are Anna Marriott, and Alex Maitland are from an organisation called 
the People's Vaccine, which we'll tell you more about at the end of the program. And their paper details how richer countries not only pay extortionist prices for several COVID vaccines, but actually or actively prevent cheaper ones from being produced and made accessible to poorer countries. Mm. Public Citizen, with engineers from Imperial College in London, they estimate that the mRNA vaccines produced by Pfizer, BioNTech and Moderna could be mass-produced for as little as $1.18 to $2.85 a dose. That's US dollars? US dollars. Yet these vaccines are some of the most expensive on the market at an average price of 16.25 and 24 dollars US dollars per dose respectively. Oh, yeah, it's astonishing and I think it's really worth repeating that these COVID vac- vaccines can be mass produced for as little as a dollar 18 US but are routinely sold for between about $16 and $24 or more a dose. So that's that's $16 for Pfizer and $24 for, for Moderna. Moderna. That's right. It's estimated that governments are paying between four and 24 times more mm-hmm. than they should and could for COVID-19 vaccines. Even a meanwhile rather unjustly maligned AstraZeneca vaccine that was produced on a not-for-profit base is being sold for several times the cost price. Mm, Yeah, and so you'd think there'd be an international coordination effort to make sure vaccines, COVID vaccines, are accessible for everyone, everywhere. Yeah, as we said in February, there is an international facility set up to help especially developing countries get COVID-19 vaccines. That facility is called COVAX, C-O-V-A-X. But COVAX has also been paying about five times more than the estimated cost of producing the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine. And the situation is exacerbated by the outrageous confusion with the AstraZeneca and its supply problems. Mm. We'll be talking about a bit later. Yeah, and of course, meanwhile, Pfizer and Moderna Um, our our next big hope of Australia's own confusing and snail-paced rollout. Um, Pfizer and Moderna have allocated more than 90% of their supplies to rich countries. So that's 90% of Pfizer and Moderna vaccines going to the wealthiest nations. Yeah, and meanwhile, less than 1% of the people in low-income countries have had a vaccine till Mm. today. Along with this... Poorer countries pay extortionist prices for these vaccines, channeling their precious and few public monies and their meagre health budgets to big pharma profiteers based in Western countries and creating new billionaires Mm. in the process. Yeah, so to quote again from that paper titled The Great Vaccine Robbery, quote, government budgets that could be paying for more health workers or used to tackle hunger, are instead creating extreme wealth. Since the start of the pandemic, Moderna, BioNTech and CanSino have created at least nine new vaccine billionaires with a combined net worth, or sorry, with a combined net wealth of 19.3 billion US dollars. 
unquote. The, the authors estimate that the overpayments to Pfizer slash BioNTech alone would be enough to fully vaccinate everyone on the planet if vaccines were mass produced and distributed equally at the estimated cost price of uh, $1.18 US per dose. And, and there'd be a few billions left over, apparently, to help with the rollout. So it's really scandalous to think that the money from profiteering from the vaccine production would have been enough to vaccinate everyone everywhere. And to let that sink down a little bit, let's go to some music. One People by Blue King Brown. enemy you create more problems than you got to remedy you're misleading and deceive my people endlessly and then you wonder why me never want you next to me your civilians are like slaves like in servitude and the only way you keep them is to keep them from the truth while your institutions keep indoctrinate the youth we hear you speak of hope and change then you leave no proof eh? babylon you're smart now this is more than true but when the people wake They'll come straight after you There's no escaping from the plans we got set out for you You'll see your men, women and children coming after you eh? Life with you's illusion, not reality And for anyone who wants some peace, you name insanity You subdue my people with stories and fantasies False governments, false courts, false authorities in There is no other that could claim more notoriety With all your chemical concoctions of variety What you really seek is for my people to go quietly But what they're really getting ill from is your mind control It has diminished our intelligence and numbed our souls Manipulation of the masses is your only goal You may have succeeded but the difference is now we know So what you gonna do without our energy? Cause now we're using it to make a brand new energy Use our meditation, our philosophies Learning to transcend beyond the realms of this reality yeah. So Babylon, it's over, now it's time you go oh, When one foundation's are rotten, you can't go no more So lift your eyes and set your sights upon that door And get the out of our lives, don't come back no more You're listening to Think Again, 3CR 855 AM on your dial, 3CR Digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. Today we're talking about the profiteering by a few pharmaceutical companies like Pfizer and Moderna who are grossly overcharging for COVID vaccines 
with most of the vaccines going to the richer nations. Yeah. yeah, what we're seeing is really structural racism on a grand global scale and and grand exploitation of poorer countries through the unequal power relationships of international trade, yeah. an ongoing problem. So we've been talking about Pfizer and Moderna, but what happened with AstraZeneca? Mm. To tell us more of that story, we turn to another article, again, again aptly na- named, and I quote, How AstraZeneca Threw Away Its Shot. Mm-hmm. And that sub- the subtitle of that article is, AstraZeneca and their European Union may have ruined Africa's best chance out of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. End of the subtitle. This one is from a US journal, Politico, and it is written by Gillian Deutsch and Ashley Furlong. This is how the article starts. Adam, Adam, sorry, Adam John Ritchie should be celebrating. For years, as a project manager at the University of Oxford Jenner Institute, he worked to make vaccines for a dollar or two a dose for the globe. Mm. The pandemic was his big break. As the university teamed up with Anglo-Swedish pharma giant AstraZeneca, to develop one of the world's first coronavirus vaccines. The idea was that... Yep, that's right. Unquote, sorry. (laughs) The idea was that AstraZeneca would save the world. It would be easy to use and store, and it would be sold at cost. Mm. But its rollout has been botched. Many European countries, as well as Australia and Canada, stopped using it for younger people due to blood clotting concerns, even though the risk was minimal by any normal standards. The UK is the standout exception to that, who used the, the, the AstraZeneca uh, massively and bought m- much of it, basically, and injecting it in people rapidly. Mm-hmm. Adam John Ritchie from the Oxford Jenner Institute puts it down that to mixed messaging and sometimes deliberate and incorrect information from politicians and fear-mongering from numbers of anti-vaxxers, QAnon enthusiasts, assorted Christians and other freedom fighters, leading to more vaccine hesitancy than there should have been. So looking at what went wrong with AstraZeneca, uh, the think tank... Chatham House points to confusing or misleading information about the trials as well as shortfalls in AstraZeneca supplies to the EU. But Chatham House also criticises the politicisation of the issue uh, which has contributed to public distrust of the vaccine and we've seen a lot of that here of course. That's right, as well as then also the new Brexit competition between the UK and the European Union Union, and the refusal by the US to approve AstraZeneca. So Jacques, you're saying that the competition between UK and EU somehow led to the AstraZeneca being... Certainly because the UK used it massively for its own uh, Mm. injection campaigns and the EU then started to refuse it. Mm. because of the fear uh, associated, the presumed fear, or the fear associated with the presumed danger of uh, giving it to certain categories of people. So the refusal, and as well, the US refused to approve it. Mm-hmm. And the fact also that supply for developing countries was to be produced in India. Mm-hmm. 
And that country then, because of the fact that suddenly they had an explosive spread of the of the virus yeah. in their own country, they then decided to actually produce only for their own population. Yeah. Massively, because that population which was massively threatened by the Delta version of the of COVID. Yeah, and yeah, and I understand India was they had the licence for that's making correct. it for the that, Asian that, region. That's yeah. correct. Yeah. So in any case a potentially cheaper vaccine option AstraZeneca was widely discredited and COVAX struggled to find enough doses for poorer countries and had to shift um, shift opening the door, shift to opening the door for Pfizer and Moderna to profiteer. So with AstraZeneca being discredited, then COVAX mm. trying to get vaccines for the poorer nations around the world, making sure yeah. everyone has access, they yeah. had to go to Pfizer and Moderna. That's right. And then, of course, there were not not enough of the Pfizer and the other one, Moderna, available mm-hmm. because of the fact that the rich countries had ordered them yeah, uh, at, at exorbitant prices. That's, that's right. Mm-hmm. And much of that actually should sound familiar to all of us in Australia, shouldn't it? Well, I, I guess especially the politicisation of the issue, Shark. That's with, right. With our own PM, as we know, playing off the Liberal New South Wales state against the Labor Victorian mm-hmm. one through, throughout COVID, um, COVID and Victoria's lockdowns. And, and that's largely to blame for New South Wales' present lack of effective lockdown and for the Delta strain really getting out of control in New South Wales and then, of course, inevitably, that's spilling to other states as yeah, well and, 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 and boomeranging back to us. And Yes, that's correct. And now lately, since yesterday, the ACT, who had been without infections for a year. Yeah. So back to AstraZeneca. We do have to wonder why the one vaccine being produced and distributed not-for-profit is the one that has been so widely and publicly discredited. Should we not suspect that this discrediting got a helping hand from the for-profit pharma corporations and from the political and national interests behind those? Mm. Wasn't everyone waiting for Pfizer to become available here after the AstraZeneca being discredited? And wasn't everyone scolding ScoMo and Hunt for not having been early and insistent enough to get them, Pfizer and Moderna, yeah. and to get them earlier yeah. at more than 20 times the possible mass production price of AstraZeneca for every jab. Mm-hmm. A message from Victoria's community sector. I'm looking forward to not worrying that my patients are going to die of COVID. To no one else being separated from their mum in aged care. I'm looking forward to our wedding and having our family and friends from overseas here with us. I really want to see my mum. I'm looking forward to being able to welcome guests without a mask on. To having all the sports back to normal so that my family members can come and watch me play. I look forward to performing in front of a big crowd again. So please, get vaccinated. Please get vaccinated. Please get vaccinated. Let's get back to the good things. I ask you to get vaccinated. For all of us. Please get vaccinated. A message from Victoria's community sector. A 3CR supporter. You're listening to Think Again, 3CR 855 AM on your dial, 3CR digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. 
We're talking about the unequal distribution of the COVID vaccines worldwide and the scandalous profiteering of some big pharmaceutical companies like Pfizer and Moderna and why the reasonably priced AstraZeneca vaccine fell flat, Mm -hmm. leaving many poor countries unvaccinated. Nearing the end of the program, or slowly, Mm -hmm. uh, we turn full circle to our usual critique of the idea that we all exist and thrive as separate individuals rather than in connection with each other and all living things, which is uh, illustrated again by this case. Exactly. And in managing COVID, there's been a sandstorm of confusion between individual and collective risk and well-being and between individual and collective rights. There's been a lot of that. Strangely, uh, um, and even if its motivation is different to mine, Strangely, I find myself sharing the PM's frustration uh, with ATAGI, which is the Australian Technical Advisory Group on Immunisation, because I'm sharing his frustration with ATAGI and with politicians who overstress the minimal risks, minimal risks associated with AstraZeneca. So ATAGI initially balanced the low risk of getting COVID with the even more minuscule risks from receiving the vaccine, Um, especially for younger people, uh, the under 50s, and then expanding that to the under 60s. So, but what Atagi failed to take into account was that the risk profile could change in a matter of days, uh, which is what happened with the arrival and spread of the Delta mutation um, in New South Wales, I guess, and a lot of places throughout the world. So, um, and that's something that was predicted by experts. It wasn't unpredictable. Um, But also um, in weighing the risk from COVID with the risk from the vaccine, ATAGI seemed to ignore the fact that the risk of individuals getting COVID had been kept at bay by us all taking collective responsibility for each other, wearing masks, staying at home, etc. So one would have thought this collective responsibility, keeping us all safe, should extend to people being prepared to be vaccinated as most of us have accepted lockdown measures. So so why did the focus shift from the possible minuscule blood clotting effects of AstraZeneca on very few individuals and away from the collective interest of vaccinating against the even more lethal Delta variety of COVID or any other mutations mm-hmm. that could still happen. Yeah, that links well with Edward Luce from the Financial Times, Financial Times of all newspapers, suggesting that COVID, and that's the title, COVID has shown up Western democracies' childish tendencies. As the title of his article reads, the childish tendencies identified by Luce are first, the search for instant gratification, and second, the selfish desire to keep things for themselves. And the wish for instant gratification translates into short-term thinking and the lack of prevention for the long term. Yeah, well, science has repeatedly warned about the dangers Mm. of future pandemics ever since the SARS, at least since the SARS and MERS epidemics in 2002 Mm, and 2012. That's right. They suggested that preventative measures needed to be taken especially monitoring wild animals, assembling knowledge about dangerous viruses in these animals, stopping deforestation, information exchange, and so on. The estimated cost of these measures was then, between 
2002 and 12, was suggested to be about 20 million US dollars. After about one and a half years, COVID has already cost the world 800 times yeah. that sum. So, Jacques, that story reflects Western democracy's childish tendency towards mm. instant gratification mm. That's well, right. That's right. Yes, the second childish tendency of Western democracies is the selfish desire to keep things for themselves. And we have already referred to this second of Lucy's, uh, the, the author of that uh, piece, Childish Tendencies, pointing at the selfishness displayed by the rich countries in acquiring the vaccine. Mm. Low-income countries need to be satisfied with 0.3% mm. of the available doses, whilst rich countries have a, and listen to this, a collective surplus of 2.5 billion doses And they are planning to get boosters now. Oh, my gosh, which is really outrageous. So while rich countries look at boosters, a mere one out of 10 people Mm -hmm. in the 70 poorest countries will be vaccinated by the end of... 2021, mm-hmm. that's that's one in 10 by the end of the that, year. And as that, you say, Jacques, meanwhile, richer countries are looking at boosters. That's mm-hmm. right. Obviously, the stupidity of this thinking is grounded in the belief that the virus will somehow be containable at the borders between countries. A little bit like Scomo's non-thinking when he was suggesting and is suggesting that Australia's contribution to global warming is only 1.3% and that we therefore should not join the rest of the world in drastically cutting emissions. Yeah, unfortunately, nature doesn't read our maps and take notice of all the national boundaries that we draw up. Mm -hmm. And COVAC, the instrument set up to assist poor countries in combating the the pandemic, has a budget shortage of $17 billion. Now, that 17 billion US dollars is 0.1% of the cost of all that is being done worldwide to combat COVID 19. So that's a tenth of 1%. Of what the world is spending on COVID, that's what uh, that's what Covac needs to that, distribute right. yeah. vaccinations, mm-hmm. um, and and Covac needs obviously just a small fraction then of the world's COVID spending to distribute COVID vaccines to poorer countries, uh, not just to keep them safe, but really to keep the whole world that's safe right. because we are all yeah, connected. Uh, exactly, as Edward Luce concludes, and I quote: "The test for the West." is whether it will act on the basis of the science that this virus does not know borders. <laughs> and which would have seemed obvious even mm. to the non-scientific mind. But So with COVID, we see, we, I think we really see the clash of science with the morality, or should I say amorality, of capitalism. That's because selfishness is it's not just a childish tendency. It's actually basic to... at least the current philosophy of capitalism, uh, the the idea is that when everyone acts or the idea of this capitalist philosophy, which um, really misrepresents Mm. the earlier philosophers actually, but the idea is that when everyone acts in their own self-interest, some hidden hand of the market will manage everything for the benefit. Of everyone. Yeah, mm-hmm. as we, and as we have pointed out, that the understanding of human rights in that capitalist tradition is mainly about protecting the rights of the individual, with rather less attention to the social and collective rights of people and peoples. 
We therefore have little confidence in the capabilities of our systems to fix the problems, governed as they are by such Western democratic childishness, mm. such as selfishness and short-term thinking. Yeah. How many bushfires, floods, droughts, and indeed pandemics will have to happen before we, and I put that in quotation marks, wake up and start to act, and before we get rid of those who actively block such awakening for their own self-interests, after all. Yeah, we we certainly all need to wake up in a hurry. We're, I think we're like the people in the Titanic who didn't believe at first that there was an emergency and that their lives were about to change, let alone end. And uh, we need to push aside our leaders who act like the most privileged ones on the Titanic, who have, were focused on their well-positioned deck chairs while we all go down. Mm, yes, going to service announcements a bit. And it's also talk about what we promised. The People's Vaccine Alliance is a global movement of organizations, world leaders and activists, united under a common aim of campaigning for a people's vaccine for COVID-19 that is based on shared knowledge and is freely available to everyone everywhere. The People's Vaccine is supported by over 2 million activists worldwide and 175 former leaders and Nobel Prize uh, winning scientists. <laughs> if you want to help with the campaign for fair and compassionate rollout of effective COVID vaccines, go to www.peoplesvaccine, in one word, .org. Yeah. And we will put a link to the papers we have been citing on our program page. Thanks for listening to Think Again on 3CR Community Radio. Uh, if you want to send us a message or ask about anything from today's program, please email borderlands, borders at borderlands.org.au. Our past programs are available on podcast, podcasts and the 3CR website is 3cr.org.au. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.